in five, four, three, two, one. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Moon Tea Podcast. You know who I am and you know who Hugh is, wherever he is. Today, we're joined by Phil. Phil, I forgot your last name. Philip Cho. Oh, it says right there. And uh, yeah, Philip. Uh, Philip lived at my, at my where I lived. He just like took my spot when I was in Berkeley. And then he also worked at the company that I used to work for. And uh, yeah, we've been we've been pretty good friends. And we've like, I don't know, I'll just call him like once a year and be like, yo, what's up? <laughs> and yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's great. It's been like, what, five years now? Since yeah. Like? And and as as you can see, Phil is now just killing it in life. Like he has that cool looking column thing behind him. Um, but yeah, and also if you, you, um, this is Hugh. So hey. hi, how's it going, Phil? <laughs> I'm excited. All right, well that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, let's see you guys met in berkeley yeah um nice. well I guess, I guess like the bay area in general oh. uh, i think we met up like in the city and then i think like one day uh he randomly invited me over to his place uh and i ended up like crashing <laughs> that night um yeah and like that's that's i guess uh pretty much how things got kicked off Love it. Slumber parties for the win. <laughs> now you're here. Cool, man. That's awesome. Oh. You he, he also was, was living in the Bay Area at the time. Oh, cool. So, okay. So all the three of us were part of Koru. Oh, you were part of Koru too? <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. Well, I did not know <laughs> that. Funny. Were oh, you man. in John's cohort then? Mm-hmm. Is that how you That's in the one after? Yeah, oh, yeah. one after. Yeah. Got yeah. it. John for, was, you know, John's an like alumni. An OG alum, right? Yeah, I was like, oh man, look at him. For the for the one or two of you listening, Koru was a program that uh, doesn't exist anymore, but it was catered towards recent college grads, and like it was like a three week boot camp where you you just like did stuff and then tried to learn how to interview and and all that stuff and. It was it was great for it was great for moving to a new city and like making friends. So yeah. Oh, Hugh, why are you muting yourself, dude? He's doing something sketch. He's probably talking to his dad. <laughs> but uh, that's my quality. <laughs> oh, he does. Yeah, with this studio quality mic. Wait, no, we have the same. We have this. You have to say. Yeah, we have the same microphone. Why is his so much better? Oh, really? I, th- I thought you were just using your um, those headphones. No, nah, dude, check this out. Oh, what? Yeah, I could like uh, definitely hear the quality difference in Hughes. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Well, let me uh, I mean, let me like, move my like clear too. So, <laughs> dude, I'm I'm offended. Maybe I have, maybe I have background noise or something. I have a fan behind me. Yeah, oh. I, I don't know what it is. It's like uh. You know what I'm talking about, though? It's like, uh, you know, like the studio mic quality or like the mic from a studio. It just has that like more rich, more tone Dude. sound. Yeah. That's, that's supposed to be nice. Well, maybe he has really good settings. 
Yeah, maybe. Ooh. Hey, hey. And he's back. <laughs> so, so sorry. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Someone called my phone and it froze Zoom oh, on okay, my yeah. laptop. No worries. Disconnected my AirPods. Yeah. <laughs> what did I miss? What's up, guys? Uh, Dude, yeah. we just finished the episode, actually. Sorry. <laughs> well, it was a pleasure. I'm so sad. I'll <laughs> listen to it. I'm looking forward to it. It's what? We're on Spotify now? <laughs> Oh yeah, we are. Spotify? Yeah, we're on Spotify as of uh, wow. like two days ago or something. Dang. Okay. Yeah, I where, I finally where got were it. Were you like, guys like before? Oh, we were on YouTube. Oh, we're YouTube. yeah. It. I think I think we're on episode twenty-two. Episode twenty-two. Got yeah. It. Yeah, dude. Yeah. The the first the first episode is me and Hugh yeah. being like just being like, just what are we doing? <laughs> Like I don't know, let's put it up, and then and then now yeah. we're we're still doing that, but yeah. we're a little bit better at pretending like we know what we're doing. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, Phil, do you want to say a spiel about yourself? Uh yeah yeah sure. Um, so let's let's see. Uh, I also was like my hometown. Um, because I feel like that's, that's pretty unique to the people I meet. Um, so uh, basically I, I was born and raised in Anchorage, Alaska. So spent my entire childhood all the way to like high school um, in Alaska, um, which like, you know, like looking back, uh, it, it definitely was a pretty like unique experience. Like um, I spent my summers like going camping, uh, fishing for salmon and all of that. Um, and like, I, I remember like as a kid, I used to like hate like going camp, like going camping or fishing. Cause like, it was always, um, out of the blue. Like my parents would literally tell me like the night before, like day of like, Hey, we're going to go camping for like a couple of days. Um, but I mean, like looking at it, it was like, uh, you know, uh, very, it, it was a positive experience. It was, it was very fortunate, um, to have like those memories. But yeah, um, so basically fast forward to high school graduation. Um, I basically moved to Alaska once I got accepted to college. So I moved to Michigan um, in a very tiny uh, place called Kalamazoo. Um, Kalamazoo is like south of Michigan, two hours away from Chicago. And my college was uh, literally called Kalamazoo College. Uh, very tiny liberal arts uh, like college. Uh, we had like maybe 1400 people total so like basically knew everyone by face and was always an awkward interaction when you kind of like know someone but you're not really friends so it's always like okay do i say hi or do i just kind of walk by um so yeah that, that was a pretty interesting uh, experience i i met you know my best friends um who now all live uh either in like socal or like north cal now so um, yeah, it's been it's been great, um, great experience there. And then uh, basically, uh, after graduating from college, um, I uh, essentially took a leap of faith. So um, for for some content, like after graduating, I got um, I guess my first official job um, at this like financial services company in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I spent a summer with them. Uh, and I, I still remember like, um, I would be sitting at the table and just kind of looking around my peers. They're all like double my age. I was the youngest like person there. They all had like families and like all of that. 
Um, and yeah, I just realized like, this is not for me. I, I can't work here. Like, what am I doing still like in Michigan? And, you know, um, at, at the time, I, like, I had a very strong interest uh, in kind of like the startup scene. And um, obviously, if you think of startups, you think of San Francisco. So San Francisco uh, essentially became kind of like my goal uh, to like move into and kind of immerse myself uh, there. And um, essentially, uh, I somehow found out about Karu. Um, I, I can't remember exactly how. Maybe it was like on Google or like somewhere random. But I basically applied because I saw that the cohort that I was applying to was uh, working, uh, or I guess like partnering with Facebook. And to me, that was like, uh, holy shit, like this sounds like a great kind of opportunity to kind of uh, move forward to the day. So I, I still remember I basically told myself like, yeah, if I get accepted into Koru, then I'm gonna quit everything, drop everything. Uh, forget my lease and just kind of fly over to San Francisco, um, which which is um, you know how uh, I ended up in San Francisco. So the day I got accepted, um, I basically quit my job, um, booked a one-way flight uh, to the Bay, not knowing anyone. Um, all I had for the day waiting for me was like this unknown program called Koru. So yeah, I ended up flying over to Koru. Uh, and that's basically how I, I met uh, kind of like the first, uh, I guess, first people um, in the Bay. And like, uh, granted, like you, you all probably know, so, but we're basically all like fresh out of college from all over <laughs> like the country, uh, all trying to like uh, break into the tech scene. So yeah, and then uh, fast forward after Koru, um, I uh, met John. <laughs> randomly I think through like a Facebook post or something I, I essentially called message John because um, I, I think he like uh, posted about an opportunity for TrueCord, uh which which was a uh, first start we worked together at and then yeah I basically called message John I was like cool I'll like uh, refer you uh, he referred me and then next day I got a phone call <laughs> from like a hiring manager um, and yeah essentially long story short uh, that's how I started my um, uh, I guess my career in the Bay. Wow. Slid into John's DMs and then got yeah, a job. Slid hey. DMs, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Dude, I want you to ask questions. I already, I already know Phil. Oh, okay. Sure. I'm totally done. <laughs> so then what happened after? I want to hear the rest of this story. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I mean like, uh, essentially, uh, I started, uh, at TrueCard uh, in um, a customer support function. Um, at the time, I was uh, basically living in this like pseudo uh, tech house, which turned out to actually be kind of like a hostel or yeah, hostel on like Airbnb. <laughs> and I remember like uh, I, I used to live with like four, like four random guys in a single bedroom. Uh, it was like two bunkers on each side, and that's essentially how uh, I was kind of surviving. Classic San Francisco. Yeah, classic yeah, like San Francisco. <laughs> like a broke college kid, just started a job. Um, and, and yeah, basically like three months in my job, um, John told me he was like moving <laughs> to like SoCal. And I, I think that's why he like invited me over uh, to his place in Berkeley. I think I like actually declined him a couple of times. 
because like I, I had no money. I was like too broke to like afford this place, even though it was like uh, maybe like a couple hundred or a few hundred dollar like difference. Um, but like to me, like I was like, oh shit, it's like an added expense uh, in addition to like transportation costs. So I was like, yeah, I, I can't do that. But uh, anyways, he like uh, eventually convinced me. <laughs> so I ended up moving into his place, uh, which, which was a pretty like, like sweet place. I mean, it was nothing fancy, but um, the room that I moved into or John's old room was um, like pretty damn big. Because uh, it, it was like a converted like family, like a family space or living room. So this is after John. After John, this is in the closet. This is you went. Yeah, up just uh, post closet. Yeah, <laughs> post closet. I remember the closet. Yeah, I, I, oh, oh, I don't. I don't remember you. I don't remember you declining. That's so funny. I must have been. Yeah, I, yeah, I must have been persistent. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I, I remember. I said no like twice, and then um, I, I think you guys were like urgently trying to like find someone to like take over your lease. Um, and that's probably why you kept on asking me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I uh, basically just moved into John's room. <laughs> I, love I think yeah, I think he like, like I, I I just like left my stuff too. I was like I was like Phil, just keep everything. Yeah, you like, basically like left everything. Like uh, <laughs> there's like so much random stuff in that room. Like uh, I had like four wooden like drawers that you all found somewhere on the streets <laughs> oh no no we didn't we didn't find it we oh you didn't we, find it no no we stole it from berkeley oh you stole it uh, yeah and also i had this uh like huge whiteboard <laughs> that i uh, supposedly carried from the office of San Fran all the way to berkeley <laughs> it was a giant yeah. whiteboard <laughs> it was huge yeah it was like the size of a wall it was a great whiteboard yeah, it was a great whiteboard. I, I basically used that to like cover my door. <laughs> uh, I, I had like uh, one of those glass doors so you could like see through. Um, so yeah, I, I basically was used that for privacy. Um, but yeah, like getting back to, uh, I guess, Trocore, um ended up spending about three and a half years there. Uh, during that time, I uh, essentially moved around like every year within the company. Like I stayed in that support function for, uh, I don't know, 10, 11 months. And then, um, you know, my goal was always to kind of uh, work with that, be some sort of analyst. So after like 10 months, uh, the company uh, create like a formal analytics function. And so I had the opportunity to kind of hop over as like a junior analyst. So uh, basically learned all my skills um, from that experience. And then um, fast forward like another year, um, I got another opportunity to kind of um, join the customer success team as like the data analyst. Um, and like at that, like at that point, I remember like, uh, I, guess, I guess my skill level just like drastically just took a jump. And uh, like one day I just kind of became like this go-to person. Uh, and I, I remember like, it was it was just me. And um, I was like supporting like all the various like departments in Turcor from like anywhere from like legal and product, uh, customer success, obviously. Uh, I was just like all over the place. Um, but I mean, like through that experience, like, uh, you know, I was, I was fortunate to um, 
have the opportunity to wear like many different hats. Um, and yeah, uh, from there, um, I eventually moved on uh, to uh, join another startup uh, in the Bay called Handshake, um, which is a startup in the early Italian marketplace. So kind of think of it as like a, uh, kind of like a LinkedIn for college students. And if you kind of remember uh, how your universities or colleges have like uh, your career portals, um, well, Handshake uh, actually uh, is kind of like the career portal for a lot, like majority of the top like college and universities uh, in, in this nation now. Okay. Um, so yeah, um, and then, you know, spent like two and a half years there. And, um, I recently uh, left and joined uh, another um, startup um, uh, called Chime. Uh, so Chime is, uh, you know, definitely a late stage startup. So uh, it's kind of like the biggest, um, I guess, organization I ever been part of. So uh, yeah, it's been, it's been going cool. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. And you're in risk analysis, or? Uh, so I'm a. Um, Right now, I'm a senior analyst for our uh, oh. reporting and insights team. So wow. I did a lot of insights work over at Handshake um, as well. And that's basically how I got connected with Chime. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Chime's doing really well. Yeah, I know a guy, Kyle. He's, he works there. Oh, as cool. A okay. PM. Um, very cool. Chime is, Chime's doing well. You guys have. Yeah, Chime's cool. like doing like really well. Uh, yeah, they have Phil. Of course, they're doing well. <laughs> I'm into that. <laughs> I mean, I, I came out a little bit late to the party, but yeah. Mm -hmm. I love, I love seeing, I love seeing your progression. Yeah. Like you, you went to this startup. Yeah, my, I was like, my progression yeah. was like, yeah, it was pretty wild to like think about. I think it started from like rock bottom. <laughs> Dude, yeah, yeah, one way Literally, ticket to San Francisco, yeah. four people, two bunk beds, one bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know what you're doing. Yes. And now you're here. Yeah, now I'm here. What year did you buy that one way ticket? 2015, 2014? Yeah, it was 2015. 2015? Right, yeah, on. right on. Did you graduate same year as all of us, 2015 as well? Or? Uh, I graduated 2015. Um, I graduated 2014. Uh, 2014, oh, so did you? Oh, nice. Wow, you are. You're, you're my young. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say. 2015 too, Hugh? Yeah, 2015 as well. Got it. Hey, man, I did do a 23 in me, and I have 0.03% Korean, so I I can definitely call you. Young. I mean, that, that uh, Dude. was pretty spot on. <laughs> <laughs> my best friends, uh, two of them are Korean, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder who they are. <laughs> Me and Phil, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there it is. Thomas, you're dead to me. <laughs> and uh and another another thing Phil forgot to mention is that he doesn't live in Berkeley anymore. Oh yeah, I, I don't live in Berkeley <laughs> anymore. So uh basically like when the pandemic happened, uh when offices uh, turned like fully remote. Um, I kind of took that opportunity to relocate myself. So um, right now um, I'm in Portland, Oregon. So uh, from Berkeley, moved to Portland. I've been here for about a year now. And yeah, been, been loving it out here. Comparing San Francisco, Alaska, 
that one Michigan? place, Michigan, Michigan. and then uh, no, uh, Oregon. What, where, yeah. What's your favorite? Have a favorite? Uh, I mean, like in terms of living quality and like um, all of that, I, I say like uh, I'm definitely happy in Portland. Um, I think like the barrier for me, like uh, in the beginning, it was like uh, kind of my dream like city to like you know live work like wherever and, <laughs> and then you um, couldn't wait to get away no. <laughs> yeah but after like you know kind of like getting my start picking out my career there and like all of that yeah um the city just uh kind of uh it, it wasn't what i imagined it to be <laughs> <laughs> to put it nicely yeah i mean <laughs> i think <laughs> i think i think uh I think the three of us all have some variation of that experience, but I'm I'm curious, Phil, if you could uh, if you could kind of like dig deeper into that and like what do you mean by that? Like, what did you expect and what was it? <laughs> yeah, I, I think like uh, before I moved, uh, like moved to San Francisco, I'm like uh, granted, like I've never been uh, to like San Francisco prior to moving. Um, I, I guess I just had this kind of like uh, picturistic like image in my head where it's like like super nice weather like sunshine uh, a beautiful like skyline um and just kind of uh i, I think like in my head it's kind of like romanticizing like sf as a city in a way um but like when i like moved there it was uh, definitely like a like a sticker shock i mean like the city itself um was pretty dirty it wasn't nearly as clean as i imagined um, it smelled like piss <laughs> in a lot of places. Um, and like, uh, I, I think like uh, part of that is like, you know, um, at the time, like Koru was like uh, in the Tenderloin area or on the edge of Tenderloin, uh, which is a pretty rough city or rough neighborhood um, in the city. So, you know, you would walk down Market Street, uh, see a pile of like, human poop <laughs> like shit literally on the ground and yeah it was just uh unpleasant it was just uh very very different from what i had expected yeah but i mean like uh on the flip side like uh san francisco definitely has like um like a really cool culture um it's super diverse so i love all the um, different kind of pockets and like neighborhoods around the bay area uh, I feel like uh, like each neighborhood kind of has its own charms and like its own culture. Um, so that was really cool. Um, obviously, uh, kind of the tech scene and uh, the career progression in the Bay is uh, nothing but amazing. Um, you know, I've met so many smart people um, like throughout my years there. Um, and yeah, it's just kind of like, it's, uh, I, I guess in a way it's, it's always been kind of inspiring uh, to have the opportunity to like work uh, with people um, that you know, exist in the Bay Area. Uh, so like e even now, like um, although I'm uh, kind of uh, important now, um, I say like career-wise on like uh, the types of companies I want to work with, uh, I will definitely stick to kind of Bay Area like tech company startups, whatever you want to call it. Um, so yeah. I mean, uh, I, I feel like I feel like what happened was that Phil went to San Francisco, got got his uh, 
skill set. Became a senior analyst, and then as soon as he got that, he was like, "All right, peace, going to Oregon." (laughs) 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 Do you, uh, Phil? Do you think you'll stick around? Oregon, like, how do you see the next few years unfolding? Uh, yeah, uh, I definitely want to stick around Oregon. Um, you know, uh, definitely in the short term. Um, I, I do might see myself living here uh, for like a couple more years, and then after that, like, who knows um, where I'll be? Um, I think this whole uh, kind of like remote, like working from home, just kind of opens up so many other like doors <laughs> yeah. so yeah i'll definitely look into that um but yeah i mean i i definitely want to uh you know kind of get into the real estate game up here in portland um that's kind of um one, one of the reasons why i i want to kind of move out of the bay area uh, to uh essentially just be able to afford <laughs> like properties and stuff so May I, may I recommend Bend, Oregon? Bend, Oregon? Yeah. It's yeah, nice, I'll have, to, uh, I'll have to check it out. I haven't been outside of Portland much yet, so. Oh, is that? Yeah, huh. I haven't been to a lot of places um, around the Oregon area, actually. That's cool. Why'd you pick, of all the places you could pick, why why Portland, Oregon? Is... Yeah, um, so... Like I know no one in Portland. <laughs> so basically like my thought process was like, okay, um, I know that I want to move um, outside of the Bay, preferably outside of California. Um, I also wanted to live uh, somewhere relatively close, like what's in driving distance. If I had to like you know, move back for whatever reason. Um, so it came down to uh, basically like two options for me. Oh, uh, and I also wanted to like stay um, you know, on the West Coast. Um, so basically fall down to like two options for me. I was either looking at Denver or Portland and I essentially chose Portland because it was a shorter drive <laughs> from Berkeley. <laughs> it's actually and, really funny. I like it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean like uh, Portland just seems like a really like cool city to uh, be in. Um, I have to say, like, uh, I was not expecting the weather to be this nice. Um, like, for the past year, it's been mostly, like, sunny blue skies. Um, it, like, does rain occasionally, but it usually rains, like, during night or in the late evening. So by the time you start your day, everything's dry, the sun's back. Um, yeah, and, and, you like, get, I, and you I, get uh, blizzards in February. Yeah, and like then, the, and then the you get a, yeah. <laughs> and then you get heat waves in a, what was yeah, it like we a month ago? Waves. Yeah, it was like uh, the heat wave was like a couple of weeks ago actually. That was that was pretty brutal. Beautiful weather. Yeah. Uh, most days it's it's pretty mild. Yeah. Amazing. That's really cool. So, so it sounds like. You, I'm guessing you also from childhood, you like outdoorsy stuff. So it must have pretty good outdoorsy hikes or camping or do you camp oh, yeah, anymore? Or? Um, yeah, um, not as often. Um, I actually went camping um, like last week. <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty recent. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's Where'd recent. you go? Uh, What'd you do? Um, I actually uh, went back home to Alaska. So um, went camping up there. Um, I haven't like camped around uh, the Oregon area yet, 
but uh, I'll definitely uh, look into that now. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm definitely uh, you know, down for all doors of stuff, whether it's like going on a hike or just taking a walk outside somewhere. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I say there's, there's definitely a lot of outdoor activities available uh, here in the area. I love it. Are those yeah. your, your main hobbies or? Uh, no, uh, I mean, um, I'm a gamer. Um, I love playing games. Love playing like competitive shooters. Um, I I have like all the consoles too. So um, uh, I I think lately I've been trying to like get back into like Smash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been playing a bit of Smash. Um, a lot of Valorant too. Um, and yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely enjoy gaming. Uh, I love traveling too. Um, so I think like pre-pandemic I, I used to take like one or two international trips um a year um so yeah love traveling um also love eating so um, i'm a foodie uh i i love watching uh, all of this like food vlogs <laughs> to kind of uh get get an idea of like oh shit i should try this place out or i should travel to this area to uh, check something out so that's amazing. But do you actually read food blogs or is it more your kind of the social media feeds? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, a little bit above. It's, it's like mostly like YouTube blogs. Um, mm. So um, there's there's this uh, channel called like Strictly Dumpling, if you've uh, ever heard of them. But, I don't um, know. Yeah, I'll yeah. go look it up. Yeah, yeah. Link in the I show notes it. below. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no promo. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Cool. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely where I get uh, most of my food ideas from. Do you have a favorite place in Portland? Anybody and everybody should go to? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I say like the Thai scene, like the Thai food mm. scene up in Portland is pretty strong. There's so many like Thai places here and like, they all taste like amazing. So, uh, you, you can't go wrong. Uh, there is uh, a place uh, that's only like five minute walk from my place. Um, can't exactly remember uh, the name at the top of my head, but um, I usually get the like fried trout combo thing. It's Ooh. absolutely delicious. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Wait, you guys are, may have more fresh fresher produce than we do fresher fish uh, arizona uh, it's a, it's a, oh you're in arizona it's hard to get fresh fish uh, yeah. <laughs> are you from arizona mm -hmm. yeah born and raised oh born nice and, okay so you uh used to live in the barrier and then did you recently move back to arizona or yeah i moved back in 2017 so i was in the bay area for two years yeah. 2015 uh, 2017 and I saw the light. I said, nah, I'm not ever coming back. <laughs> Fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we all had humble beginnings in San Francisco. And now now we're thankfully like a little bit better off than we were like five years ago. So Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. It's like um i guess just 
um, like financially and like uh, everything else. Uh, yeah, it's a, a drastic change <laughs> from five years ago. Feels like a master analyst now, <laughs> head analyst. <laughs> no, not, not yet, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm better off now as an analyst than I was five years ago. Dude, that's amazing. That's the, the only way to do it, bit by yeah. bit. Exactly. I love it. So, uh, so what are some of your goals for? I, uh, I I talk about this because in the last episode, we tried to think of like five year goals, and uh, John, who was our guest, just like had pretty good ones. I just came up with one. He said nothing, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you think about that, but do you do you have stuff that you wanna you wanna get going, like things you wanna get better at? Like, what does that look like for you? Uh, yeah, uh, I I don't think I have like any concrete like goals, but I, I do have like aspirations. Uh, so you know, I, I kind of briefly mentioned about uh, wanting to get into the real estate game. Um, so you know. I guess five years out, um, hoping to um, own a couple condos, like I kind of rent out. And uh, I, I guess like my, my ultimate goal is to just create uh, different passive income streams. Like I think of um, you know my job as obviously like my primary source of income right now, but I'm hoping to diversify, um, whether it be through like real estate, uh, investing or uh, uh, I guess like stock market. Um, I, I have started um, to uh, kind of grow my, I guess like my dividend investment portfolio. So I've been mm. uh, investing more into uh, companies that provide like monthly dividends. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, it's so grind, but uh, hoping to uh, yeah, build it up over time. Um, so yeah, I, I guess like uh, I don't know, goal right like goal wise, um, yeah, I just kind of want to diversify um, my income streams to free up more of my personal time, so I could uh, either uh, you know, spend more time traveling or hanging out with friends, uh, friends and family. Um, yeah. Why do you want to buy condos out of all the real estate? You, oh, you yeah. have mentioned you said condos. That's that's yeah. interesting. Um, yeah, like um, part of it is uh, I think it just uh, there's just like less maintenance and like housework uh, that goes into like owning a condo versus uh, like an actual house. Uh, like there's so many like miscellaneous things I want to worry about. For example, like yard maintenance or you know, uh, or fixing the wire pipe or things break down your house. You kind of have to hire someone or fix it yourself. Uh, but with condos, uh, you know, most of those maintenance um, type stuff is usually handled by uh, kind of like the building. Um, so that's, that's partly why. And also, um, I, I guess like the demographic that I 
want to start renting out to is um, kind of like young professionals um, that are, um, you know, that live within the city, uh, kind of like Perimeter. Um, so yeah, that's, that's probably why it just seems like um, uh, a, a bit easier to kind of start. Um, although um, obviously it's, um, uh, it, it might be more kind of, um, expensive uh, in terms of uh, purchasing a condo or uh, I guess a house, but- You also have HOA yeah. fees. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Interesting. Do you have to pay 20% down or is it like 15% or 5%, 10%? Um, I, I think it like really depends. Um, mm -hmm. It could be anywhere from like five to like 20%. Um, mm -hmm. I think on average people put like a five to 10% down. Oh, uh, really? but, yeah, but oh. um, obviously that, you know, affects like how much your mortgage will be as well as like interest payments, like all of that. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I think personally for me, I'm trying to hit uh, being between 20 to 30%. Um, yeah. If you, if you do under 20%, then you have to pay extra for insurance. Oh, okay. Oh. Um, yeah, if you're a veteran, then you can do, I think it's called a FHA, FHA loan. And you can buy a house with a zero percent down and not pay that insurance. So oh. I knew I knew someone who was a doctor in the Navy, and he would buy a house like every year. And his goal was to have thirty houses, and they're all funded by cash flow. When they pay off the mortgage, and then he has a little bit on top. And yeah, he's he's definitely taking taking advantage of that program. Good for him. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, some perks when you're a veteran, I guess. That's pretty awesome. Wow. I'm, I'm curious. So there's a lot of different income streams or ways to diversify one's portfolio and our future. And so as a as a senior, almost head risk, not a, not an analysis. What's it? Oh, sorry. What's the term? What's the position called? An uh, uh, master uh, analyst. Master analyst, perfect. Master analyst. Call that. As a as a master analyst, so how how do you see uh, what type of possibilities did you analyze to then decide on real estate, dividends, stocks? Um, uh, there's quite a few. Like, and why not Bitcoin? You... <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I forgot. Uh, I mean, like crypto is like part of it too. <laughs> forgot to mention that. Um, I feel like the honest answer is like, uh, uh, I'm not sure if I have like a concrete methodology or like a sophisticated like approach when it comes to like investing. Um, I, I will say like uh, when it comes to, um, you know, trying to generate like passive like streams of income, um, then, you know, real estate, um, I guess historically have been uh, like a good approach to try, you know, to uh, of like generate like cash flow. Um, so uh, with that kind of, I guess, similar logic and um, similar logic, um, that's how I started uh, kind of uh, getting into the whole like monthly dividends um, investing because uh, uh, 
that is um, also another, uh, obviously like a consistent stream of income on a monthly basis. Um, and then uh, when it comes to, I guess like uh, growth, uh, growth and appreciation, um, that's, um, you know, you, you, like that's basically why I chose to, uh, uh, you know, invest in individual like stocks. Like most of the stocks that I invest and own are in the tech sector. So I'm not diversifying <laughs> in, in any uh, way uh, or shape or form. Um, but I mean, like um, I, I say like, uh, I, I feel fairly, um, I guess like protected in a way, since I do have like my traditional like 401k, like all of that. Um, and because um, I guess I'm, you know, still like relatively young, like I'm still in my late twenties, like I want to take like bigger risks. Um, so yeah, i um, been mostly investing in uh, tech real stocks. And then um, I, I also have uh, some investments in cryptocurrency as well. Um, and I say like uh, my appetite for risk is uh, probably on the extreme side. Like I've taken an extreme approach to investing in the sense that uh, I basically don't have like a emergency savings or an emergency fund. Like at any given time, I probably only have like a thousand dollars in cash <laughs> and everything else I just put into the markets or into like crypto or whatever. Um, and, you know, for me, like, um, I, I know that if I need access to like quick liquidity, um, I could always like um, like use margin or you know borrow against my portfolio. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not too worried about um, not having like an emergency fund. Uh, Have se. you done that? Have you borrowed against um, your portfolio? Yeah. Oh, how do yeah, you do so it? Um, yeah. So um, usually, like uh, when it comes to like your stock portfolio. I, I think like uh, Coinbase um, is also um, offering like margin. Uh, basically like depending on the size of your portfolio, uh, you can borrow up to a certain amount. Like a percentage? Yeah, like a percentage of your portfolio. Um, you know, like apps like Robinhood make it super easy <laughs> to do that. Yeah. Um, same with Coinbase, I think. Um, Coinbase, you could borrow against your like crypto holdings as well. Um, and yeah, you, you basically uh, just take, um, I guess, use margin to borrow against your portfolio and you could withdraw that cash <laughs> if you need to. But um, obviously uh, the risk there is like, um, you have to pay it back. And what interest rates? Everything like margin call. Um, I think that interest rates, um, Depends on the platform, but um, they're pretty reasonable. I, I think they're um, maybe five percent on average. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not too yeah, bad. It's, it's not bad at all. If you do a, if you do, if you have a big enough start portfolio, like a brokerage account, and you borrow, you borrow against it, you can get like two to three percent. Really. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Hmm. 
can you yeah. borrow yeah yeah you can um it it depends on there's this rate that banks use to borrow against each other so it'll be like it'll be like that rate plus two percent if you have like if you bar if you're borrowing like this much but yeah but i don't know we don't we don't it's not that relevant oh it's amazing that's awesome i'm, I'm really really randomly curious though is are you a bitcoin maximalist or um i probably wouldn't call myself as like bitcoin maximalist um i i do think bitcoin is here to stay <laughs> um so yeah um so i mean like i i do have like some bitcoin um but it's, it's not a lot do you have uh, other cryptos yeah i just have bitcoin um litecoin um i think i own um some cardano yeah <laughs> and i think i think i have some like uh dogecoin <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. what, do you mean, what do you mean you think <laughs> yeah I, I haven't uh checked it in, in a while but <laughs> that's good that's good dogecoin is a is a, is a coin I, yeah. I was i was meeting a friend up in north scottsdale the other week and i was meeting them at a chipotle and they were walking over so i was just walking around the, the parking lot and i was i saw this guy and he went over to the corner and then I was like, just walking back into the parking lot and I saw this car start moving and I was like, oh, it's the Tesla. And I was like, oh, wait, there's no one in it. Oh, wait. Oh, it's doing the auto drive to go pick up the person. And so it was doing it. And then, John, I've never been so actually disappointed in a Tesla. Like it couldn't get it. was a Model S and it couldn't get around this curb. It couldn't see the curb and the, the middle part of the middle doors. And I was like, huh, that was like really bad and so the guy had to walk over to it and then as he got there supposedly he like made some crypto joke and i was like oh so you bought doge and he's like yeah and then i started to like ask him ethically i was like so why do you support doge <laughs> like like do you really support elon who's been supporting doge and been pumping it kind of he's like yada yada i and but the long story kind of to say he said something that was very interesting to me and i still think about it he's like yeah, why would I feel guilty? Because basically my point was a lot yeah. of people bought into Doge, not just ignorant techies who can kind of fall on the sword, but like elderly, other types of generations, people that don't really know it just bought into the hype train and, and got, it's at like 17 cents now. They probably bought it at 50, 60 cents. So I was like, does that not bother you that Elon and many others were kind of pumping this and then they, they got crashed? And he's like, no. You should take profit if there's profit to be taken. And I just thought it was so straightforward. And I was like, huh. And then, and then we finished our convo and he drove off in his Model S. And I'm like, did you get that from shorting Doge? No, I'm just kidding. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I just thought it was an interesting, interesting moment for me. So um, I was very tangential to be like, I'm curious, Phil, with all of this goals and, and, and divestment, do you have any... It seems like from five years ago plus, right? You've come a long way and you seem like a really, really kind and, and straightforward, just doing it. You're a good guy. Do you have principles that got you to where you are? Anything that you kind of like live life by that have helped you, do you think, to get you to make it <laughs> so far? Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess like I, I, I never thought 
of myself as like making it, but um, well, you've made it from being in yeah, a, I mean, a yeah. four-person, four-person dorm hostel yes, thing. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I think for me, like, um, like I'm a grind, like I grind, <laughs> like um, I, I believe in like hard work. Um, not not only working hard, but um, you know, working smart too. So um, you know, I, I think. Uh, it's gonna sound cheesy, but like from my career days, like they taught us like those like uh, several like principles. Fail fast and, and cheap. <laughs> yeah, fail fast Great. and cheap. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think grit is like the the Great. one that I, I personally connected with um, because you know again like I I didn't start with any knowledge and I think it was like mostly grit and my own self perseverance of like uh, being determined to learn. And um, I think that is probably like the biggest principle that kind of got me to where I am is like just having that constant hunger to just learn uh, and just like take on like new challenges. Um, have um, you know, obviously uh, you know, rewarded myself um, throughout like my career. Um, I also don't believe in kind of like the so-called traditional like career ladder. Um, I, I think like your career is just a jungle gym. <laughs> you could take so many different avenues. Uh, so like for me personally, like um, most of my career moves have always been kind of like, um, I'm gonna say like diagonal in the sense that um, I haven't really uh, stayed in a particular role uh, for an extensive amount of time. It's, it was always, um, you know, getting the opportunity to try something new. So um, a lot of my moves have been like lateral into like different function areas, uh, but also um, being able to kind of absorb that knowledge and uh, being able to kind of like uh, apply that, uh, I guess, apply um, that new set of learnings into your next role or next opportunity. Um, So yeah, I I think, for me, it's just, uh, just <laughs> being gritty, <laughs> having the willpower and determination to uh, kind of achieve the thing to want to. Do you think, do you think, uh, like, as, as you said, you haven't been in one specific role for a long time? Like, would you recommend that to someone who's like thinking about? thinking about career stuff because uh hugh hugh also has had like three different roles at his company um and i don't know like how do you think about staying yeah in one role and like being good at that versus versus like working on new things every like 10 months or whatever Mm. yeah um i i think um it just comes down to like preference and what your personality is there's nothing wrong with staying like joining a big organization like staying in a particular function for an extensive like amount of time right um it's just that personally for me um i was never interested in joining a large organization i was always um interested in being scrappy and i think it's that scrappiness that kind of attracted me to like working in a startup where, um, you know, uh, every month 
uh, depending on the size of startup, um, will feel different. Like things are constantly breaking. It's definitely chaotic. There's no like formal processes in place, but it's also uh, kind of rewarding to uh, be a part of that journey uh, of like joining a small startup and then growing as a company grows. Because um, obviously, you know, as a company grows and as things break, there's new opportunities, you know, opportunities are created that way, right? Uh, in a way. Um, so, you know, for me personally, um, you know, I, I think if you want to accelerate your learning and maximize your growth uh, potential, then joining a smaller startup is probably, uh, you know, a, a good bet, um, you know, especially if you join a startup like early on, um, you know, uh, the, I guess the growth rates uh, in terms of like personal development and career is just accelerated by like five or 10X working as a startup opposed to a larger organization. I, ju I just want to say that makes sense with the caveat that you probably want to join a good startup and not a oh yes not true. a shitty startup. <laughs> That's a very uh, valid point. Uh, super important too. Um, I think uh, you know yeah you don't want to join a failing startup. Uh, I've been fortunate to have joined like good startups that uh, are still around today. Like they're still crushing it. Um, so yeah, it it uh, definitely depends on. Uh, types of uh, companies you join. What would differentiate a good startup from a bad startup? Uh, yeah, um, I, I think a clear example would be um, you want to join a startup that has product market fit, that has an actual product that consumers or businesses want, um, opposed to joining a startup who is just kind of burning <laughs> like VC money and kind of throwing money at the problem and trying to see like what sticks or what lands. Um, you also want, um, I, I think another uh, kind of like uh, a, a good quality of a, I guess another quality of like a good startup is uh, um, being a part of an organization that knows when to pivot and knows mm. uh, how to pivot at the right time. So, you know, if, your organization is failing and their product is really bad and they, I guess, just uh, stick with the course, then obviously that's uh, a sinking ship and want to get out <laughs> as soon as it can. Um, I think, um, you know, the people, um, especially uh, co-founders uh, down to the overall like, leadership of a startup um, is really important. Um, you definitely want to, um, you know, be a part of a startup. You definitely want to join a startup with a good culture and um, that that has uh, like strong leadership. Um, I, I think there's so many startup stories where um, you know they were just managed like poorly, <laughs> and uh, they they basically just go under. Because uh, I mean, startups fail if they run out of cash, essentially. And if you're not able to create a meaningful business, then uh, you won't succeed. And part of building a great business is uh, 
highly dependent on the people um, that joined the organization to uh, help build um, that, that business. So. I love it. I love it. Yeah. The, the, one of the biggest things for me and you already hit on it is mm, leadership to having, uh, you know, it was just funny when I was in San Francisco, you had all these tech startups and all this VC money. And then you have so many different startups with founders that are in their twenties and you're like, okay, maybe every now and then you get a, a Zuckerberg or something. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's like a moonshot. <laughs> yeah. But most of the times I'm like, would I really trust growth to someone who's similar age range as me without even having done a business floor? I don't know. I think that's a yeah. pretty big one. That's cool. Definitely. If that person's 30 though, then get, get yeah, on right board as quick 30. as you can. Yeah. 30 in one day, let me join. Um, okay. So we're, we're close to the hour and um, we usually ask all of our guests this, but do you have any words of wisdom or parting thoughts to our one or two listeners? Uh, parting thoughts. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I guess like uh, career-wise, um, if you want to, uh, you know, if you're interested in like technology or want to kind of, uh, I guess, break into tech, then um, uh, I say like, just, just go for it. Um, start networking, um, start cold messaging like people on LinkedIn that has, that either has the role you want or um, is at the organization that you're interested in. And I, I mean, I, I did this a lot like early on too. Um, and surprisingly, like people are like pretty nice. Like uh, a lot of people are down to just kind of connect with you and kind of give you advice. So yeah, I mean, um, don't don't be afraid to network, reach out to people. Um, and then I guess um, in in terms of life, <laughs> just find like where what makes you happy and pursue it. So <laughs> yeah, you're amazing, Phil. I I also, I also don't know like who your audience is. So <laughs> do do we even <laughs> like who who are uh who are the one to the people <laughs> john and me <laughs> no no i know i know others do hi alicia hi, we love you you're the best for putting up with us no hey phil you're the man this is amazing thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the moon tea podcast you of course Oh, I'm, I'm so honored cool. to, have, uh, to have made my mark on, what is it, episode 23? Is that oh, like yeah. 23? 22. Okay. 22. Yeah, 22. Yeah. I think it would be 22. I'll take 22. Even more OG. <laughs> Even more OG. <laughs> cool. Well, with that, everyone who is or is not listening anymore, this is the Moon Tea Podcast where we talk about craft, community, and building meaningful careers. Like, comment, subscribe. We also are just beginning to, thank you, John, to have a Spotify podcast, which is pretty sick. And I think like an RSS feed, I don't really know what an RSS feed is yet. John's teaching me, but hey, something like that's in the works. So tweet at us, email us, I don't know. Links in the descriptions below. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Signing off. (laughs) 